Hello and welcome to season three, episode one. And before we kick off this episode, I want to thank my sponsor, Beautiful Inside and Out, for supporting this podcast. Beautiful Inside and Out are a Scottish registered charitable organisation who help bereaved parents, children, siblings and partners of suicide victims or help anyone who is troubled for any reason at all. They also offer short and long-term counselling sessions, face-to-face, online or over the phone, as well as group sessions, play therapy, music, drama and art therapy, while raising awareness in schools and places of work. This organisation is so, so close to my heart and has helped me out in so many ways, including counselling and constant support after the passing of my dad and through other dark times in my life. Please do make sure you give them a like and follow on Facebook and share their page to whoever you might feel is in need of it, whether it be for yourself or someone close to you in your life. Beautiful Inside and Out are such an inspiring and wonderful charity and I could not have asked for a better sponsor. Now on with the episode. Today on McHugh Corner, I have the beautiful Jenny Longdon talking to me all about what it's like to live with obsessive compulsive disorder. I've always been fascinated to find out what it's really like to live with this diagnosis because I feel like it's one of those mental health issues that people can really undermine or not take seriously at times, with many people saying things such as, I have to have everything really neat and tidy on my work table, I'm so OCD about it, Uh, when realistically many of us are clean freaks but it doesn't mean that we have the disorder. Jenny explains what it's truly like to live in this world and I have to say I was completely mind blown. Jenny is um, a fellow radio presenter and podcast host and I have so much time for her. She's so funny, she's friendly and such a warm, caring person speaking about this so openly, which I appreciate so much. And I hope you enjoy the conversation just as much as I did. Okay, so today on the podcast, I have Jenny Longdon with me. We were literally just speaking about, before we started this conversation, how she is like the English version of me. <laughs> so basically, um, she does Hits Chilled for England, which is the exact same show that I do for Scotland. She works for Country Hits, which is the same station as me as well. <laughs> she does a podcast called uh, Two Non Blondes, which I do a podcast as well. It's just so <laughs> weird that we've like kind of came into contact with each other through the, like radio life and um yeah it's actually so interesting and definitely go check out her podcast as well two non-blondes because it's amazing and yeah i basically had an instagram post the other day um it was an instagram story because i'm starting a new season of this podcast it's season three now um, and i was basically asking if anybody on my instagram had ocd and because i didn't i don't actually know anybody in my personal life um that does and i found it such an interesting thing um that i've been kind of looking into recently because i don't actually know that much about it and it's some like a you know mental health is such a wide spectrum and it's something that i don't know much about and then jenny actually messaged me on my instagram saying i have actually got that diagnosis so um we discussed to get the the call together and I've got so many questions for you, Jenny, but I just kind of, I guess we can just start off by saying, like, when did it all start for you? So how did you, how old were you and how did you know it was OCD or maybe you didn't know it was OCD or like what kind of experience did you have to to start off for you? So I know exactly where it came from and when it started to escalate. So um, when I was, so I'm 32 now, but when I was 10, um, I, I lost my best friend really suddenly. She died of leukemia out of nowhere. And it, it was a hard lesson to learn as a kid, obviously, that 
you know within a week your best friend isn't in the school playground with you anymore and obviously I didn't process that as a kid I just carried on like kids do um they're they're very good at doing that and my mum got me a ring and it had both of our names on it and I wore it all the time it said Jenny and Lucy friends forever on the ring and I started like when I had like an exam or something that made me nervous or like a dance competition I would tap it on my chin for good luck and Lucy's favorite number was three so I would tap it three lots of three under my chin for good luck and then I lost the ring one day in the city center in Nottingham where I'm from it went it literally went down a great and I spent about 10 hours trying to fish it out but I couldn't get it out oh did you yeah so then I didn't have my good look charm so I started doing other things three times so I'd like tap three times I'd always have this thing with like my little finger it started small like that I'd tap that I'd tap my leg three times and I wore it on my right hand so it would always be my right hand I would tap with um I'd have to like turn around three times for good luck before I went somewhere like before I left the house and it was it was cute at first like it was my good luck thing and then Mm -hmm. it just as I got older and I don't know why but it was as I got older when I got to about 24 it had spiraled to the point where I was no longer in control of it and it was no longer so how long when did when did it start you must have been quite young then when it started yeah so that was I was like I had the ring from being like 10 11 and I lost the ring when I was 18 so so a good, so a good- eight years of doing these good luck things almost yeah and and then yeah it just I think just the pressures of being an adult and anxiety creeps in and stuff like that it made my obsession more of a compulsion which obviously is the disorder obsessive compulsive disorder wow that's great so did you when you were younger then when you kind of first started doing the good luck things did you I guess think anything of it at the time or did you think it was just you know something personal for you that you thought like you were manifesting good luck that way um and when did you find that like you just mentioned it it's kind of went out of control as you were getting into your 20s how do you how did that switch happen or like did you realize it, or did you you know google like what am I doing here or anything like that yeah I didn't know what was happening it, it crept in very quickly actually um it got out of control very quickly. So um, I lived with a boyfriend at the time and it was my first time living away from home. So I, ha- I had a lot more responsibilities and stuff like that. And I guess I just started noticing, you know, if I was like making the bed, um, I'd I'd have a bad thought shoot into my head. And it, it's always, if I ever have a bad thought, I know everyone's trigger. You do these things to neutralize a bad thought and mm-hmm. everyone's bad thought is different but for me it was always that someone was gonna die so it was literally like if I say this aloud I know it sounds strange but it's literally like if you don't make this bed again three more times you're gonna die and and Mm -hmm. before you even process how ridiculous that is you believe it and you're doing it and then it got to the point where like three times might not work it didn't neutralize it so then I had to do it another three lots of three times and really it, yeah and it got to thank wow. god my number's not like 18 right thank god Lucy's favorite number was three but um, yeah I know yeah <laughs> but I, I had like a full my first full-time job at a production company and um I was coming in late every day because like showering or um, getting ready, doing my makeup three times in the morning and then So what, you got out of the shower and got back in and got back out and got back... Oh my God. So (gasps) I went to the doctor and I sat down and I said, I don't know what's going on, but Mm -hmm. I'm about to lose my job. My boss had 
told me um, that I couldn't keep coming in so late. And I said, I'm about to lose my job. I don't know what's going on. And she said, it sounds like you've got OCD. So she put me in touch with a counsellor and I did a CBT for about two years. Oh, did you? I was going to ask about that, actually, um, because I was offered that one time CBT I've never actually had it before I've just had like regular counselling before yeah um, but CBT's always interested me because it is about controlling your thoughts isn't it it's about changing your your mind I don't know what it stands for do you know what it stands for cognitive behavioural therapy that's it that's what it is <laughs> I, did, I did know that actually I just couldn't remember it's interesting because it's like I guess that's that's kind of the main thing you need to to do because that's kind of controlling your your pattern of thoughts like did you ever think that the pattern of thoughts coming in was you speaking to yourself or do you think it was like an outside kind of force almost yeah it before I I thought it was something else I thought it was bigger than me um and I Mm -hmm. guess that comes from you know being 10 and your best friend being taken away from you and Mm -hmm. such a young age as well it's like yeah I I think like a lot of people um that have OCD I don't want to speak on behalf of everyone but um people I've spoken to they know the root cause of it and it's always a lack of control in some aspect so um Mm -hmm. it was like you feel like it's bigger than you and it's controlling you and then I remember once my counselor she said to me because they retrain how you think like you just said and she said to me uh, fear is literally making up a story in your mind like when you're a kid and you write one down and then becoming afraid of it instantly but you've just Mm. made it up but you're afraid of it but yeah and and that that helps with anxiety but when it's particularly um ocd it's so quick you're neutralizing it before you've processed that so you almost have to like do exposure therapy so she would say to me things like um okay Jenny what's one thing you do all the time that's driving you mad and I'd say I don't know like I, I have a weird thing about the bathroom when I'm in the bathroom it's really bad so like I hate going for a wee I hate it can you explain or is it <laughs> is it personal no it's fine like even now when I go for a wee I mean all I've got to do now really is like I have to touch the flush three lots of three I have to spin round three lots of three then I have to wash my hands three times right. then I have to touch the flush again that has to be the last thing I do so sometimes I'll touch the flush three lots of three and it's always with the outside edge of my right little finger and if I do that but then my phone's in the bathroom and I'm uh-huh. like I've walked out and I'm like shit my phone's in there I have to go back and get my phone and I'm like, no, I've got to do it all again. <laughs> no way. <gasps> I can't believe that. So, that's mad. And that's that's now where I've kind of got a bit of control over it. Before it was so much worse. I'd spend hours in the bathroom. How did you screaming. get through the day? I didn't. I didn't. It, no. got, it got dark. It got bad. It got, I'd just stand and cry and I'd be like, I don't, I can't make a cup of tea. I can't make food. I can't wash. I can't do my nails. I can't do my makeup because it's all going to take me hours. My, my ex-boyfriend who I lived with when this was bad, he'd lay in bed as I like at 12 o'clock at night while I remade it three times around him and he'd just understand and like but yes so the the therapist would say to me like what's one thing so it's I don't know the flush in the toilet and she'd go right you're not going to do that this week and your mum is going to have a really bad accident and I'd go what and I'd be really angry with my therapist like what are you on about and she'd be like just trust me and so I wouldn't do it all week but I'd do everything else times a thousand to like compensate for it and then I'd go back to see her and she'd go did your mum have an accident and I'd go no and she's like see it's kind of a risky yeah a risky I method, hated it I, I really yeah. had a bad relationship with my uh, therapist <laughs> I, I really struggled with it but yeah, it did imagine. help because she was like the bottom line is just because she thinks something doesn't mean it's going to happen and I say that to myself every single day mm. but I, I, I mean I still have it <laughs> 
Do you feel like um, when you kind of started out then, did you did actually experience happen, obviously apart from the initial um, passing of your friend, um, did anything later on happen where, say, you forgot to do something and then something did happen? No, and... That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and, and when I think back, something that helps me now is, like, bad things that have happened in my life are things that would never have crossed my mind when I'm neutralising so they don't happen. It's like that Baz yeah. Luhrmann song, Sunscreen. He says, the real things you worry about are the things that will never cross your worried mind. So, like, my... Oh, I love that tune. Oh, little... it's so good. I listen to I it I feel like everyone needs to watch that. <laughs> yeah, wear sunscreen. <laughs> it's, it's so good, but... Yeah, yeah, so like I'm, I kind of, you live through it and you do learn, but also because it is completely irrational, it's it's hard to stop it. Like a, you know, a lot of people say they've got OCD, um, and they throw the word, they throw the term around quite a lot. Like someone will go, oh, yeah. I, I'm really neat and tidy, me, I've got OCD, and I sit there like, you haven't. That's so annoying. <laughs> yeah, like for me, none of it's rational. People say to me like, do you check the locks? No, I'm I'm terrible at being an adult. I'm messy. I leave the oven on sometimes. I forget to lock the door. None of mine is rational. So it's it's so hard to have a control over because it's an do intrusive you- thought. I was just literally going to say an intrusive thought. It's funny that you say it because it's like I have never experienced anything like that before. But like the only way I can try and make my head think about it is I've had intrusive thoughts where I've like put myself in danger, if that makes sense. Like I'll, this is a really weird example, but like, <laughs> this sounds really weird. But like I was, I was, remember I was in Prague with like an ex-boyfriend. Um, have you ever been to Prague? No. No. I'd love anyway, to. I was, I was in like one of the main touristy towers, right? And like, it's not even that tall of a tower, but it had like an outside bit and the railing wasn't too high. And I was like, I wonder what would happen if I chucked myself off there. Like, yeah. and it was like, why am I thinking that? And then all of a sudden the gravity started like pulling me and I was like, yeah. I need to get back inside now. And in no way was I feeling like I, I wanted to chuck myself off it. None of those sort of thoughts but it was like an intrusive thought somebody else saying like you better step away from that because you're going to chuck yourself off it yeah um but- so I all of a sudden went back inside and I was like I'm never doing that again um <laughs> and it was ridiculous it was completely ridiculous but it's like that would be like the extent of like something like some I remember somebody was actually walking past me once and it's always weird little things that it's like and they had like a I think it was like a baguette and I was like I wonder what would happen if I just slapped that out of their hand yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, why is my brain thinking that? And then it like it, it goes away. Do you know what I mean? But like, I can't imagine for you if it's like those sort of things, but on a constant basis, and you genuinely think to yourself, right? Like, I can't get get rid of the thought until I do something else. Yeah. So it's so you saying that's a really nice way to kind of understand it because yours is what if I jump off this and it's like ah and it scares you and you abort. Mine is mm. you will fall off this. It's like yeah. an immediate definite. It's a not I, I have it. no you would have control over if you jumped off or not or if you slapped a baguette in someone's face. <laughs> which you should never do, Megan. <laughs> I've not not done it yet don't worry (laughs) for me it's like you're gonna slap that sarni in that girl's face if you don't do this like I don't have control over it so for me whereas you're able to do the rational thing which is step back from an edge mine is I actually wouldn't step back from the edge if I was afraid I'd stay there but I would probably end up turning around three times on the spot and I'd think that would save me it's just completely far out (laughs) it doesn't make sense at all and Mm. I know that but then the other thing with it is as well is 
I love it as much as I hate it. Like it makes my life very difficult, but imagine you know like you've got a lucky I don't know t-shirt or something we've all got them and you know it's probably not bringing you luck but you believe it is deep down so it's nice to keep Mm -hmm. hold of it for me that's what like my ticks are it's like I know they're not really bringing me luck but if I I don't want to stop doing them I still want them I guess it's kind of like a like a spiritual thing almost as well like Mm. you probably will believe that like it's just the same way as some people might pray to God or some people might like do different things in their life where they feel like, you know, there's a bigger meaning in the world or like there's more to life than just what we're doing. And like, you know, that kind of thought, I guess that's, you know, so, so many people could be like, oh, why? Well, why are you praying? Because there's no God out there. Like, that's ridiculous. But like that might be your th- like, that's your thing, obviously. So that's what you have to accept. Yeah. Um, but I guess with your situation is it's like it's more detrimental to your life because of the fact that like if you don't get on to control which you seem to have it more under control now um it can like you know you could lose your job you can lose friends you could lose your boyfriend or like it could have a detrimental effect um but i also think it's one of those things like what i was saying on my instagram story i don't know anybody who has it and maybe people are trying to hide it which is again i don't think a good thing i think people should be talking about it more so that other people can feel less weird or less like alone yeah i that's why i really wanted to come on here because i'm a very open book um Mm -hmm. with any any subject in the world but i just never talk about this and it's not because i'm ashamed of it i just i find i don't know maybe it's i find it hard to like summarize in in a quick conversation with somebody whereas like here you've given me the chance to sort of explain uh, what it's like living with it and, and understand it a little bit more but yeah it's I definitely I'm not someone that embarrasses easily but I hide it like because I just like right now if I needed to leave the room I'd have to turn to the right to go out the room but really sometimes the door's to the left so what I'll do is I'll just like I'll try and distract someone by being like oh can you just get me that from over there please and I said I'll spin quickly three times to the right before really? I leave yeah and it's it's it, always to the right then it's always to the right it's always my right hand and it's always to the right and when I'm tapping and doing things it's always to the right um, oh, really and I can, is there any reason do you think for that I can only think that's because the ring I wore was on my right hand but I've, right, I've okay. got a real physical pull to the right but it's 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 kind of one of the things as well you think do I want to like bore someone with this but it's only when somebody else says that they do it like there's a guy that I work with at the radio station I work with and um you'll know this Meg when we play our songs out we have to tighten them all up really nice to the production like we call it segging yeah and it has to be really nice and neat and all that stuff now mine are not neat or tidy but I have done like three segs three lots of three on each one of them so it takes me hours and I noticed one of the guys doing it that works at my radio station I was like why are you doing that and he went because it means three lots of three so like I'll bring the song to the production you have to drag it Right, and yeah. I have to go drag, 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 oh, drag, drag, right. and then so I do it three times over. Oh my god! And if that doesn't neutralize <laughs> oh, no. it, I do it again. And yeah, I saw this lad doing it, and he was doing it four because I was counting. And I said, "Why are you doing that?" And he went, oh, "Honestly," and I went, "Yeah." And he went, "Because if I don't, my family will die." And I was like, <gasps> "Yes, yeah. no way!" <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that must be such a weird feeling 
no, like meeting somebody that's got the same thing. Mm. And, lot- and there there's must be thousands of people, obviously, that have it as well. Yeah, and and a lot of people with the number three. And um, I'm not sure why that is. Like I watched Jackass once, and Steve-O was brushing his teeth through lots of three, and the Jackass lads were taking the Mickey out of him, and he said the same thing. He was like, "Well, if I don't, something bad will happen." It's the only way you can like mm. explain it. Yeah, um, it's all. It's always negative thoughts and it's not like if I don't do this something good will happen it's never it's never good ever and it's not like if if we do it it won't be bad it'll be good it's just if we do it the bad thing won't happen and it would just stay as it is but right okay I mean the pandemic has a lot to answer for because at the moment (laughs) it's quite high like when I can imagine yeah (laughs) is it did you find I know you were telling me the other day that it's, it's getting a little bit worse at the moment because of the pandemic um do you find like being stuck in an enclosed space all the time do you think that makes it worse definitely the longer for me the longer I spend somewhere more routines happen so we've lived in this flat now for nearly two years and when we first moved in I was like yes I love going on holiday or somewhere new because I have nothing there's no routines but give Mm. me three hours obviously three hours somewhere there'll be routines and then now we're two years into this place and there's so many routines now and they just grow every day and so we're gonna hopefully move later on this year and I'm like great I'm gonna have a couple of days where I probably won't do a lot but like Mm, yeah so you when you say you think it'll keep growing and growing do you think then that like do you think it's just going to get worse or do you think you're on a, on a level right now that you're like right I actually understand what's happening here and I'm going to try and mellow it out yes yeah I, I have a control over it now I definitely say if anyone's listened to this and they struggle with it CBT was very very helpful for me it's hard and it's tough but it, it definitely did you go seeking for that yeah so the doctor put me in touch with someone so I had it all on the NHS for free I had to wait like eight weeks which was a bit rubbish but still god bless the NHS yeah um but I know you can pay for it if you're lucky enough to be able to. At the time, I wasn't. Um, but it was absolutely brilliant. But yeah, so I have a have a control of it. But like I say, I, I don't, it's like, I don't want it to go at the same time as I want it to go. So it's still mm-hmm. there. And days, some days are worse than others. So like, today's been all right. I've been doing my normal ones. But last week, I was having a really bad week. And like, some nights just slept on the sofa because the thought of getting up and going to bed I knew the amount of things I'd have to do before I got in bed so I'd mm. just stay on the sofa and sleep that night and my boyfriend would just sleep oh next my God. to me that's actually mental because like we, we obviously work really late and when I um <laughs> when I come home I'm like fire my head right into bed mm. like you know even brushing my teeth is just I'm like oh do you know what I mean and yeah. then but it'll take me honestly maximum 20 minutes and then I'm like out oh. and I can't even imagine coming home and being like right I've got to spin this amount of times I've got to do this and yeah. I, like honestly Jenny you must be like it's having you crazy sometimes yeah and do you know what because we do we get home uh, we finish our show at one and in in the dead of night there's no one around there's no distractions so putting myself to bed at that time is hard like really yeah. really hard and I'm tiptoeing around trying not to wake up my boyfriend and it's just it's, it's like sometimes I watch him and I said to him the other night when I was really struggling I was like I'd give anything to just be able to get in bed like don't Mm. ever take for granted that you can just get in bed like you can just get in the shower wash and get out like that to me is you know be grateful for that (laughs) the finer things in life (laughs) I can do Do you do you find then like this has made just made me think about like nights out and stuff. Do you find that like when you get drunk that those routines stop or do you still do them when you're drunk? So much better when I'm drunk. So much better that that I have to watch it because 
obviously it's self-medicating isn't it in a way drinking alcohol and I love a drink yeah. um, but I've definitely especially with lockdown been guilty of drinking most nights because it's easier for me and yeah. that's obviously uh-huh. terrible um, not terrible we all have our vices but you know it's obviously not the preferred method of looking after yourself but yeah mm. but it is it, I, it's a difficult world we live in right now so nobody's judging <laughs> yeah <laughs> nobody's judging yeah but yeah when I'm when I'm a little bit I guess it relaxes you doesn't it and if some yeah. nights I will just pass out and I'm like I wake up and I like I'm hung over but I'm like oh just went to bed last night that was nice yeah just got in bed. yeah definitely <laughs> what does your so with your boyfriend with your his um how long have you been together for uh nearly two years nearly two years um how did you introduce uh your diagnosis with him and like how did he take it and how has it affected your relationship together he is really great with it but you know what for for anyone listening that has it and might you know not know how to tell people no one's ever I've had some real awful boyfriends in the past and actually no one's ever had a problem with it or laughed at me or treated me differently or anything like that um that's great I mean I I wouldn't expect them to but sometimes it is a bit of a thought if you have to tell somebody something yeah yeah I don't actually know how I've approached it I think maybe just said I've got a bit of an obsession with the number three here's what I do and like ease them in gently I don't want to give them the full (laughs) spoiler (laughs) (laughs) I never go to bed basically yes sometimes you might want to get frisky and I'll have to spin around a few times before we do (laughs) we have to have sex three times They're like, oh, you three times, you say. Okay. Is that everything? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, he's he's great. And yeah, he's like today we were walking the dog and um, there was a completely wet bit of grass and I only had vans on. And he went, Jenny, come this way around, like left way, come this way around. And I was like, no, well, fortunately, Christian, I'm going to have to walk through this right now because my OCD is telling me I need to. So I just had to walk through oh, really? all this swamp because my head, I call the person in my head, I've given him a name, he's called Nigel. He's a twat. Nigel told me <laughs> that I needed to go through the marsh. So I had to do that. And I look, you know, people are looking at me going, why is she walking through that? But our souls to him, I don't care. <laughs> oh that's so interesting is it always in your head then is it always kind of like images of like a projection of what could happen or is it just literal words it's it's actual things and it's often um very specific so um if I give you an example, like last year I had loads of problems with like smear tests and stuff like that. I'm all fine now, but it was a very scary time. So it was like very specifics of like, if you don't do this, your results are going to be bad or, you know, um, and, and when I'm going through something like that, it makes it a lot more regularly. I literally can't do anything when I'm going through something like that. Um, mm. A day like today where I had to go through the, flood it would just be something that's a general anxiety for me you know like how you worry about your family and your friends and stuff like that it would just be something yeah. but it will be very specific do you do you do you visualize a bad situation happening though or do you like um like does it kind of like play out in front of you almost yeah or is it not like that you it s- does i see it yeah and i remember my therapist saying that it's very visual for a lot of people 
Um, so they'll, you know, sometimes people have thoughts of harming others. So mine is something bad happening to people I love and myself, but sometimes people think they're going to harm someone. So they'll literally Mm -hmm. visualize like blood on their hands or something like that. They'll see like a rock on the floor and then they'll see blood on their hands. And, um, that's, I mean, I can't speak on behalf of that because it's very different to mine, but it's so real in that moment. And it's so quick. And before you know it, you're neutralizing it. Mm-hmm. Is 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 it like different? Is there different levels of OCD then, or is it all the same thing? I think there's got to be different levels, and and there's different ways of neutralizing. Like I say, you know, some people that just like a straight line and a perfect circle, not necessarily OCD, but then there's people that have you know the compulsion that they have to constantly clean their hands and they have to constantly clean uh, their homes and stuff like that. Obviously, that I think must be a compulsion. I feel like people that are hoarders, it's got to be an obsessive compulsion to hoard because I think if they think, well, if I throw that away, something bad will happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always what it's got to be. If that's dirty, something bad will happen. If I don't do that, something bad will happen. That's always got, I think, I, I'm not a pro on this, but I think there's a lot of different levels to it. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think, like, with yours, it sounds, like, bad enough. But imagine you were one of those people that had a, a compulsion where they actually thought... They wanted to do something to somebody, mm. like you know, whether it be violence or like sexual or something like that, and they couldn't get it out of their head. Like, how does that person like distance themselves from actually thinking that's actually not me? Yeah, or, you know what I mean. Like, it must get like so difficult because if your thoughts, your thought, you think maybe that is you. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So maybe people end up doing bad things I don't know but it's just like it must be such a surreal feeling because they're like oh is this the OCD talking or is or, or am I actually a, a bad person that wants to do this yeah and it's it's always just the um the disorder isn't it it's always just the illness it's it's um something that for some reason some minds do it's it's mm-hmm. fascinating how it can come about I remember it, it's like when people have irrational fears because there's there's fears that are learnt and there's there's fears that are we're born with in in our brains like you get your fears where you're like don't jump off a big building don't run into traffic we have those feral kind of primal fears and then we have mm. the ones we're learnt and like I had a friend who um, had a horrendous crippling fear of spoons and she was told by right. her therapist that um, it could be anything it could literally be you've got a favourite uncle one day he was just stirring his tea and a teaspoon was hot and he went boop on your hand with his spoon and it like was a bit too warm on your hand that could develop oh, into yeah. a fear <laughs> that's interesting isn't it it's quite yeah. like a lot, a lot goes back into like psychological and like I guess young experiences I think it like a lot of traumas and stuff generally goes back to like when you were younger. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if people... Well, I don't actually know. Can people pick up OCD later in life? I, I have no idea. I think, yeah, I think definitely you can. And I think there's probably always a trigger. Like, And, and for me, f- discovering mine, going back and figuring out why mine is mine, why I have three, why I do my right hand, um, it it helped me because it just makes you understand it a little bit more. You realise, you know, you're not going out your mind. It's just you. This is your life. Mm. This is what, these are your experiences and this is how your brain deals with it. Um, Mm -hmm. And by understanding it, which was, again, down to my therapy, um, it definitely helped me. Yeah, and I definitely think there's a fine line. Well, it's actually interesting because I've spoken to 
quite a few different people about different mental health that they're going through and it's funny because it's always seemed to be like a repeating pattern of like aware of like the fact it's not a great thing but also not really wanting to fully get rid of it mm. so it's like I guess it's something down the line of like um, like I spoke to uh, one of my friends called Grace on a previous podcast and she suffers with bulimia yeah um, and she doesn't well she doesn't suffer from it anymore she's got it under control but she says kind of similar thing to you like I am aware of it and I'm much more in control than I used to be but I still have that in me and I kind of don't want to give it up completely so it's I guess it's about having the balance of you know like making sure that you're in line with it and like making sure that it doesn't go off either way because maybe it does shape you maybe it does help you be more grounded or makes you feel better about yourself but also it's good to like make sure it's not going down the toxic path as well that's it it's it's having the ability to control it it's probably always going to be there and like I say days are worse than others but it is that because it also when people have said to me you know I'm starting to notice that I'm doing this more and I'm getting a bit obsessed with this and I've got no control over it I'll always say go and speak to somebody before it gets out of control because honestly once that like train starts going it picks up so quickly so I do have a constant fear of if I notice it getting worse I'm like this is this is going to ramp up within the next day and I'm going to be in trouble so I have to go back to everything I've learned and stop myself and like other techniques like meditation are really good because it's a nice way to quiet your mind and get recontrol that must be so hard though meditation for somebody with OCD <laughs> that must be so hard yeah I start I just count I count all the time I'm always counting I'm never not yeah. counting so when I finally get into a meditation it's nice because when my mind's just quiet I can regain control of my thoughts so that's extra mm. stuff that I've learned I I believe in like you know like the secret like the law of attraction and what, yeah. what you think about you bring about and that helps me because I I, I don't want to think these things because I think what you think about will become reality so that mm-hmm. helps me too there's loads of things that you can help yourself but but if you you're experiencing it do it as soon as because you don't want it to get out of control like you say where it becomes just ruling you I'm at the moment I am in control of Nigel and like if Nigel gets in control of me I'm in trouble yeah yeah that's it it's like you kind of taking the back the control for you and like I guess with your therapy um that's helped you do that it's, I guess it is at the end of the day it's all about you know your your thoughts will never stop. Like I've read some sort of mental statistic that was like how many thoughts we have a, a, a minute. It's just like Oof. thousands and thousands. We couldn't control it. That's why they never make sense. Um, but there's definitely an emphasis on like with the meditation and things like that, um, placing yourself away from your thoughts. Like they're still going to happen no matter what, but it's putting yourself in a position where you're kind of like watching them go by, but like not really reacting to them too much. And I think that's definitely what the meditation will help with Mm. and not getting so sucked into them every single time, which is, I guess, is a constant constant battle for somebody with OCD. Um, But yeah, definitely, I think. Are you still doing the, um, are you still doing the therapy? Are you kind of like back off that for a bit or yeah I did it for I did it for about two years when I first did it and then I went back about three years after that and and did a few months of it which was all I kind of needed to like I like top it up kind of yeah and and I haven't been back since and I, I feel like I'm okay to not but who knows what tomorrow holds right but with the meditation and stuff like that and and ways that I've found myself that also help um I feel like for now I'm all right doing this on my own 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, using the methods that I've learned. Like meditation helps in so many ways because I always thought, right, I'll, I'll try and do something different to busy myself. That that might help distract me. I might go here, mm-hmm. I might go there, I might do that. And then I, I was listening to Oprah's podcast, who obviously is an angel. And she, <laughs> yeah. she was on about it. And she was saying how... You know, she was like, everyone tries to like escape their problems and busy themselves and like they'll go on a big holiday and stuff like that. But you're only taking your problems with you. And she was like, if someone says to me, do you want like a five star month in Hawaii or do you want 15 minutes meditating in the corner of this room? She said, I'll take the meditation every time because that it doesn't matter where I am. It's where I am in my mind. And I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, exactly. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. I think as well, like your people always put like, physical health before mental health when it comes to like personal practice like somebody would go for a walk every single day or a run every single day and obviously those things do help your mental health but Mm. um i mean people don't take practice on your mind seriously enough yeah like people that i've spoken to in the past and like even myself has been guilty for it you know um saying to myself i don't have time to sit down for half an hour and do meditation it's like man to think about the the amount of time i waste just thinking about stuff it's like either irrational because like I know that I'm saying I don't have OCD, but I have quite a lot of irrational thoughts sometimes. Like it can be like, you know, driving to work and I'll be thinking about a conversation I had with somebody and like, did they mean that? Or am I being paranoid? Or like, what's this and what's that? And it'll just go around in a fucking spiral. Yeah. And um, and I'll be like, Bruh. like I'll actually have to shake my own head like, Meg, stop. Yeah. And then like, you know, as soon as you have somebody else's point of view or something like that, it, you settle a little bit. But I do think in the, the lockdown when you're seeing less and less people these thoughts can spiral so much worse so it's just like yeah it always comes back down to like having that time to just be with yourself and like yeah try like I, I've started doing yoga recently yeah and um it's saving my life Jenny yes. honestly like it's so good like I actually judged yoga before like I was like oh that looks really boring like <laughs> I can't be our stretching every day not, not doing that but honestly I've been like feeling like a zen queen since I've been doing oh, it I'm so. so happy for you because I find meditation easier to do when it's off the back of some yoga so yeah 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 I can see that definitely it's not easy to meditate and some people like guided meditation I don't like someone talking to me because I start counting the words they're saying and if a sentence oh really if you said a sentence I'll count the words and if it lands on a multiple of three it makes me happy and if not I'll be sad like so it's like (laughs) guided meditation for me is stressful wow especially when they walk as they talk slowly because then you can really count the words can't you two three great one two come on three come on three (laughs) oh my god that's mental that's so funny do you find that um do you find that like people in your life or just in general life do you think they kind of underestimate OCD as a mental illness um sometimes not in my life not the people close to me I'm very very lucky and they all understand it and and a few of my friends suffer from it too um in different oh really yeah in different ways and my best friend is she works in mental health and um she's brilliant to have as a best friend but definitely just meeting people day to day yeah they if I kind of said oh yeah I've got a bit of an obsession with the number three they might relate it to if they have you know an obsession with a number or they like you know some people like their music on an even number or like you like your volume on an even your volume, number I actually yeah. do like that yeah <laughs> so I think some people will say like um, oh yeah I do that too and with that you know that's their life and they live with that so that you know that is I'm not going to 
to be like, oh, that's not as bad as mine. It's not a competition. Mm. Um, so with that, sometimes I just go... It's not a diagnosis, though, is it, really? Yeah, I think it's... It, I don't know when it becomes that. I, it must be, again, when you lose control and it starts to have a serious effect on your life, like, you know, you're not able to leave the house mm-hmm. and it, you're not able to leave the bathroom or, you know, brush your hair, stuff like that. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes I do think people throw it around a little bit when it's not that but we do that with everything like people will say all the time like um, uh, you know people will go if they, if they don't like how they look oh it's my body dysmorphia and it's like you don't have body dysmorphia you're just yeah, throwing that term true. around a bit and everyone's guilty of doing stuff like that and I think OCD is thrown around quite a lot definitely yeah I think that that is actually true I guess for like how people take any mental health I guess like if you're having a day where you're feeling off and you're like, oh, I feel depressed today and yeah. you don't actually feel depressed. Or maybe you do feel depressed and someone's like, oh, get a grip. I don't know. I think it's it's weird sometimes because it's like you want to be talking about it more, but then sometimes you feel like it might be a fashionable thing. Like some mm. people might might say things like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm such a clean freak or like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I, I can't have any dirt in my house whatsoever. I must have OCD. Like it's just like a thrown term. Yeah. Um, but... As long as people, I think, know the actual distinction. Because no one's going to sit down and be like, actually, I do have OCD. Do you know what I mean? I think it's just a yeah. a throwaway comment. But as long as people do take it seriously and, you know, treat people with, like, respect in that sense. And um, yeah, I, had- I guess, I guess make, make some movement for it in, like, in the workplace and stuff. Like, let us all maybe a little bit more knowledgeable because the fact you were late and things like that. I think we need to all have a little bit more respect in that sense. Yeah, my, my boss... It, the place I worked at when I was turning up late and to be fair I did a nine to six and I was turning up at like midday so fair enough oh shit was really was it that late yeah it was and some days I just didn't go in because I'd just be so angry and frustrated I'd just stay at the spot I was on and leave, stay at home all day but um oh my God. when I first told him he laughed because he thought because I'm someone that makes jokes and stuff and he'd never seen any sign of it because you can't see when someone has it mm-hmm. he laughed and went no come on like stop having a laugh now and I was like no really and then it was him that said okay go and see your doctor then let's see if this actually is something so he took it seriously eventually but when I first yeah. told him he was like what like come mm. on but that's just because luckily for him he's never had to live with it mm-hmm and I think it's good as well that he actually did change as well. Mm. If he was like, oh, we should go see a doctor, see if it's like a, an actual thing. Um, I mean, I guess that shows that he cared, do you know what I mean? Yeah. To an extent, I guess. And I think these days, because that was, what, like eight years ago. I think these days it, it, our awareness and, and mental health has come along so many, you know, like podcasts like this and um, everything that people are doing these days to make people aware of you know what everyone's going through I think there's a bigger understanding and there's a bigger uh, acceptance of it and so I feel like if I went to him now it might be very different mm-hmm, definitely yeah so do you think for anybody listening that's like right that that is definitely me what kind of advice would you give to them to to go forward and like to maybe tell somebody or what what do you what would you suggest for them I definitely tell people go go for me go to your doctor um tell them exactly what you're going through they have all the contacts they they want to help you i I know loads of people that have been like i i feel nervous going to the doctor anyway because sometimes they feel like they'll go with something small and the doctor's a bit like 
why why are you here wasting my time and I think a lot of people yeah you feel like you kind of have to I feel like sometimes you have to overplay what's wrong with you in the doctor (laughs) because you you have to like make them believe it it's like why am I kind of like acting here but I actually am this way but it's like I have to overdo it because they always just think oh paracetamol for you yeah and I think (laughs) for some reason people have that for physical and mental health and and it's it's not the case doctors are there to help you they want to help you they want you to go in and tell them this especially even now with the with the pandemic you can phone up and they can sort you out with counseling virtually and that's all being done and taken care of virtually right now there's also loads of places where you can pay um i know a friend who has bad ocd she's had hypnotherapy that worked for her i don't think that would have worked for me um but definitely go and get help because it's something that it, it says you know it you need your therapy and your help as much as a diabetic needs their insulin it's a real yeah. thing and you you need to take care of it you need to take care of yourself and um don't beat yourself up for having it either because i used to get so annoyed like why do i have this fact is i have it right mm-hmm. so let's let's deal with it and i think the fact of like going to get help or going to speak to somebody or like listen to a podcast like this or mm. reading a book maybe i think you know it makes it more relatable oh you know what I'm not the only person who's got this. Yeah. And um, anytime I feel like there's something wrong with me um, in my own mind, and I, I you know, see if other people have talked about it on a podcast before, like I listen to quite a lot of like self-help podcasts yeah. and things like that. I'm, sh- I'm sure you do as well. Yeah. Um, you do feel better after listening to it. You kind of like have a, like a, oh, little aha moment. Yeah. Of kind of, I'm not the only person thinking this. So it's it's nice for us to all communicate about it, I think. Yeah, it's. I'm sure there's groups and stuff as well where, you know, people that have it, can go and talk anyone can talk to me whenever they want you can message me on instagram and stuff like i'm happy to talk whenever um but yeah i'll definitely i'll leave your little um name in the description oh thank you yeah do a little instagram name yeah because it does it's like i always when i struggled when i was really you know like your first breakup and like when you get broken hard that's an impossible feeling to control it's horrible and I would always look at other people that were maybe a bit older than me and I'd go, well, they've probably been broken hard once in their life and look at them going about their life now doing great. And so it's... it's That's interesting, yeah. It's, That's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, and I always think it helps to be like, oh, they're, they're going through it too, but look at look at that badass queen going through it, just <laughs> doing it. Like, And it's not yeah. easy and they're not having an easy time with it, but they are doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that helps. Yeah, and, and, and everybody's kind of got... I guess you would see on, this is a weird example, but like you know, on X Factor when everyone's got like a backstory. Yeah. Like everybody, everybody in the world has like something, like a little difference or like a, something that's happened or a traumatic experience or like a diagnosis or just something. Yeah. So it's, um, so it's, it is, it just does feel better that the fact that other people have been through it too and like you're not alone sort of thing. Oh, everyone is going through it. Do you know what I think is really hard with the pandemic? It's not just the fact that we've got no distractions. It's not just the fact that we're missing our family and friends and our support. It's not just the fact that we've got nothing to do but sit and think. It's the fact that we're living our lives through our phones. So everything is mm. virtual, which means the only things we're seeing when everyone is having probably the hardest time they'll ever have in their life, it looks like everyone's having a great time because you're only seeing Instagram. You're window to the world is that phone in your hand so it's really really Mm. hard because you compare yourself you might be having a really bad day and then someone's there on a run on instagram looking great they've got a tan they've got you know 
cheekbones and and big long eyelashes and they're running but they might be on that run because they've had a terrible time recently so but they'll never tell you that's so true jenny that's such an interesting thing to say yeah and i think we can all in a really weird way take comfort that we're all going through it yeah well, that's an, an interesting way to look at because there's definitely a lot of, I know myself, of comparison and like trying to stay away, thinking those thoughts. People usually do exercise because they are feeling down. Mm. There's a d- definite correlation. Like it's not always, yeah. but sometimes they they want to do that for self-improvement. If you know what helps you, like if you're struggling with something like OCD or anxiety, if you know what helps you, you have to do it. Um, My boyfriend told me this and it really, really helped me. So like, if you give your anxiety in your head a name, like I call mine Nigel, right? And, and you don't like mm. them. They're an idiot and they're there. They like being in your head because it's nice and warm and it's, it's comfortable and they like their little home. They probably put their posters on the wall. They're in your head having a nice time, right? They don't want to leave. So they're going to tell you in your head to not do the things that will make them leave. So if you're like, I'm going to try and meditate. I should try and meditate. I'm going to try and do I should try and do a bit of yoga. I should get out of bed a little bit earlier today because I know it'll help. Nigel or whoever's in your head will go, don't do that. You, don't, you want to lay in bed all day in, the, in a dark room because do that. But that's only because mm. he wants to stick around because he knows if you do the other thing, he's out of there. So don't listen yeah. to Nig- the Nigels of the world. Sorry if your name's Nigel. But- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any Nigels, but there might be some kicking about. Your anxiety will always tell you to do the very thing that will make it stick around. So push Mm. yourself. It's not easy. But on a day where maybe you feel you can, not every day of the week, that's impossible with humans. If it is once a week, try and push yourself a little bit. Well, thank you so much, Jenny. I just feel very, I feel very educated and also oh. like inspired by you by by chatting away. Oh. I think you you speak about it really well, and you speak about it in a non non judgmental way towards yourself, not patronising towards somebody that doesn't know about it, i.e., mm. myself. A positive outlook on something that's irrational, but you know you can you can live with. Oh, thank so. you. And this is the first time I've ever actually spoken about it like this. So, oh, really? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much to Jenny for that eye-opening conversation about the truth behind OCD. I feel like I learned so, so much about it. And I'm sure if you're currently feeling the things that Jenny said resonated with your own behaviours, you can feel some comfort in knowing that you're not alone and that there is loads of help out there if you do feel like things are getting a little bit out of control for you. Thank you again so much to Jenny for being so open. And thank you again to my sponsor, Beautiful Inside and Out, for supporting this podcast. And I'll see you next time. Bye.